Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 245, Trickster Energy. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. All that glistens is not old nor new. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world, it's good to be back with you. And how are you dealing with these very heavy energies that are around at present? While Pluto continues its journey backwards until January of next year, and is about to go back into Capricorn again, Capricorn structure, organization, Pluto transforming those organizations with some difficulty, because we have this tendency to hold on to something just because it's old or we believed in it, why change anything? So all the structures and institutions by which we have found security are being challenged at this time, if you haven't noticed. Pluto going back into Capricorn, 12th of June, and we'll go forward again, middle of October. So we could say that between this June period, middle of June, middle of October, we're going to see a lot of energies being pushed to the surface by Pluto. And just be ready because it's really saying anything we've relied upon as a structure, which may be a belief system or a financial market or a medical system or a lawyer system or a political system, everything is again being turned upside down. And not turned upside down and maybe destroyed just because Pluto fancies doing that, but once again saying, if this is true, if this is sustainable, then it will survive. If not, it needs to go into the fire. And with the south node in Scorpio just at this moment, it's also stirring up old energies as it's square to Pluto. And so old, very old energies are coming to the surface, very old mythologies. So they may be your personal life where stories, family stories are coming to the surface to be looked at. Or I'm reading about stories that are thousands of years old of beings who once lived on this planet and maybe now living in the inner worlds or the other worlds. And those stories are coming to the surface. People are talking about giants. Talk, people are talking about shapeshifters, skinwalkers. So these ideas that perhaps were just in mythology are now maybe taking a little more precedence about, well, maybe this is true. Maybe we need to be thinking about these characters. Of course, we all love talking about unicorns and mermaids that also came from the past. But we often see those as fairly benevolent. We're now noticing that maybe there are some energies in our planet that are not so benevolent and they're not just human. So there's a lot going on that's being pushed to the surface. And I think it's really important for us to be able to work out how does this influence us? And is this taking us in a direction we want to go as both personally and as humanity? Or is it, are we being tricked? And that's why I wanted to look at the whole idea of the trickster. Because the trickster exists in every culture. 
Every culture has their own tricksters. Many time an animal, so it may appear as a coyote here in the Americas, or it may be a fox, or it may be a tortoise, or it may be a um, spider. So there are many different types of tricksters that may appear. And they often appear in a partially human form, an anthropomorphic form where they're half man, half animal. And, you know, we see things like Red Riding Hood is part of that. The wolf in sheep's clothing is another one. There's, there's so many words that we use, even talking with forked tongue, really representing the serpent. And so we're really asking ourselves, what should we believe? Because the trickster is in many ways a teacher. So sometimes we're taught something by someone else's stories or myths. And in many myths, the trickster appears as rather uh, dull or a stupid in individual, but manages to do something. And we all laugh because it takes so much effort, but often teaches us how to do the same thing in a quicker form. But other times, it's a trickster that almost says, if you pay me, I'll allow you into my club. Or if you pay me, I'll take you across the river. Or if you pay me, you become elite. And this really trickster is, is in our cultures today. You know, it's there in religion. You know, give a donation, give a covenant, and then you can. So this idea of the trickster saying, I will trick you into doing what I want, but hey, there's a, there's a catch at the end of it, which may of course be good or bad if we, if we want to look at it that way. So again, we could go back to looking at what happened over the last three years. If you stay at home and lock down, then this is the reward you'll get. If you tell this, this is a reward you'll get. This sort of give and take is very much the trickster energy. And it's often tricking to actually take us to another place. So it can be, you know, you see someone who has this sort of magician energy and you go, oh, I want some of that. And you say, I want some of that because it's glistening and it's wonderful. And then you realize perhaps it's not so wonderful after all, because there's quite a price to pay, pay to get there. So I'm really talking today about you know, where are we all being tricked? And for me, the trickster often plays on the human ego. Where am I being fed with something to make me feel good? Or where am I seeing something that really I know is probably not real, but it makes me feel good in the moment? And all in all, it doesn't matter. If that's what you know you're going for, you'll say, hey, I know this is an empty promise, but I fancy doing it. If I eat this, then I'm going to be this way, or if I do something, I'm going to do that way. It's fine. It's a choice. But at the conference I was recently at, the Contact in the Desert conference, which was a very interesting conference, which in the past had really focused on whether or not there was ET life, alien life, now was focusing more on AI and mind-altering drugs to give us a greater strength of consciousness, there were also many sellers outside, people who had taken a booth and were selling their products. 
But as I walked amongst them, it reminded me of being in the bazaars and the markets of many countries I visited, India, Egypt, South America, Mexico, all of these different bazaars, all saying, this is real, this is real, come and buy it. <laughs> and you kind of had a feeling it probably wasn't real because there were 50,000 of them <laughs> when probably there should only be one. And it makes me think about how often in the churches I've visited, the cathedrals, they will say, this is a bone of Saint whoever or Mary Magdalene, whatever. And you're thinking, okay, this person clearly <laughs> had a skeleton that had many more bones in the body than any other human being because there are so many bones belonging to this one individual. At the same time, it reminds me of going to the church in Saint-Borm in, in France, south of France, and here they say, this is the skull of Mary Magdalene. And underneath it's got... This is verified by a priest who, was, who lived 700 years after Mary Magdalene. And because 700 years sounds really quite close <laughs> to zero, if we want to see Mary Magdalene, then we think, wow, that must be real. This is 700 years afterwards. How on earth can we have a verification 700 years after someone who's been alive? But we we're tricked into those stories. We believe them. We want to believe them. And I had the privilege many years ago of coming across the Mitchell Hedges skull, this wonderful crystal skull made out of a quartz crystal that has all the most beautiful uh, teeth sockets and other parts of the skull that I know from being a doctor are real. And there's no evidence of it having been mechanically created. It's a mystery. And yet when I go to an event and here they're saying, look, we've got crystal skulls for you to buy. And there are 50 of them on the shelf. And you're really saying, okay, if you just want a crystal skull, buy that one on the shelf. Then you can say you've got one. But please don't equate the one that I know is the Mitchell Hedges skull with the ones you've just bought on a shelf that has so many uh, knowledge, you know, you can see where it's been chiseled away or where it's had some drill applied to it. Don't, don't try and say they're the same. And having had the privilege of working with that Mitchell Hedges skull years ago, when its pure energy was there, I know the difference myself. It's like as if you're resonating with something which is so ancient compared with, if I may say, just looking into a piece of glass. Once again, it's just choice. If you say, this is, this is what I want, I want to feel that this is a crystal skull, that's great. But just know that the constitution of those two different pieces of glass or crystal are very different. It's the same, you know, again, at this wonderful conference, they had people selling Tibetan bowls. And I was very fortunate many years ago to go into the Himalayas, into Nepal, where some of these crystal bowls have been brought out from the monasteries. They used to be used as candle holders. Uh, they'd put wax in, basically, and you, excuse me, uh, fat in, and then they would have a, a wax and you'd kind of build, burn that as a candle. They thought this was very funny that uh, 
foreigners wanted these Tibetan bowls to use as music tools because they just use them as candle holders. But I know from those Tibetan bowls that I brought back that they contain within them the seven basic metals. So something, again, like that crystal skull coming from something very core energy. So when I see those that are being built without those seven metals, then I know that it's, it's, again, you can use it as a Tibetan bowl, but it's not got the frequency that was original. And the purpose of them using seven basic metals or using a crystal that had particular properties to it makes a difference. That makes sense? So for whatever we're doing, it's can we really return to the very reason that we're using this? This is, this is the core. What is that core energy? And it's the same as, as I am a classical homeopath. I would say classical homeopathy was one remedy. And if you pick the right remedy, you saw this amazing result within just one dose. Again, nothing wrong with those who use more complex homeopathy or more lower potencies, but I like that purity. And to me, that is what I'm constantly seeking as I'm listening to speakers or listening to someone tell me something. Are you going to take me to that pure sound or that pure vibration or that pure healing note? Or are you tricking me (laughs) into buying something Uh, because you're selling it with a wonderful charm, but it actually doesn't go much deeper than that, go go much deeper than I should say the solar plexus. So at this moment, it's it's really about what is the intention of the seller, you could say. What What do they know about their product? And if I hear that they understand that purity, then I'm probably more likely to go in that direction. But if they try and sell it without giving me any depth, I probably know that they don't know more. And I met up with so many of my, uh, my favorite speakers who I'd seen really over the last few years only on Zoom or on, the, on some sort of computer. It was lovely to see them in the flesh and to listen to them because their very movements and their voice, of course, comes over in such a different way when they're in front of you. One of my favorite is Graham Hancock, who I have all his books and have met him many times over the years. And I think he is an amazing explorer. And this time I heard him speak about more of his journeys. Uh, He dived a thousand times into the waters, scuba dived into waters to actually explore the underground cities that many governments will say doesn't exist. So it's just natural. But, you know, he spent the time going deeper and deeper, exploring, taking pictures with his wife and, and, and really measuring something and saying, this is valid because of this. And he has been badly <laughs> treated by a few archaeologists who called him a pseudoscientist. And his recent Netflix productions, Ancient Apocalypse, which he talks about an ancient civilization going back more than 5,000 years, where all the archaeologists want to stop. He says, no, we know that humanity has been around here much later, earlier, I should say. And they've just slated him and slated him, as he said, 
calling him a racist or a white supremacist. And he says, I have no understanding of why you would call me those names when nothing I'm saying has anything to do with race, anything to do with color. It is just pure information. And I feel that, again, that trickster energy comes in when we're saying, oh, let me call you a name. And then if, if you personally feel, oh, yes, I feel that about that person, we get tricked into that mass psychosis of, oh, good, that makes me more, for, more comfortable if someone else is bad-mouthing someone. And so instead of just following our own truth and saying, well, you know, actually, they've never been wrong for me, sometimes we grab onto someone else's comments just to stay safe. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. When in, in actuality, if we watch those films, we find that there is absolutely no mention of race, as I say, or color or gender or whatever. So this trickster energy has a part to play in what was called mass psychosis during COVID. The, the, the fear, when we have a fear or insecurity, we tend to grasp onto something that makes us feel safe. And then we become evangelical against those who don't believe the same thing. That's trickster energy. And when we work in that way, we start to recognize that there's a whole realm of consciousness that is very tricky for us to truly walk through, navigate. This is why I speak so much of intuition, resonating with your intuition, feeling into your intuition. What is, what is my intuition telling me? What are the signs I get when I know I'm following it? What are the signs I get when I know I'm not following it? And sometimes that confusing realm where you may feel oh my goodness, this is scary, but I need to do it anyway, compared with do not do this. So knowing those different times where your higher self may say, we don't want you doing that at all, compared with, it's scary, but I'm going to do it, knowing that that's the right thing to do. Of course, you can always use what I've mentioned before, close all the doors, not in harmony with my soul, or if I'm not meant to do this, make it really clear now and ask for really clear symbolism, you know, a door not opening or a car not starting or a passport going missing. But it's so important, especially with Saturn in Pisces, it's never quite, I looked it up to see if it was ever going to meet Neptune, it only meets it in 2026. But these two powerful planets in Pisces, the, the land of the trickster, and Saturn is going to go retrograde on the 17th of this month, that will cause even more confusion. So I can only say, stay steady, root yourself. Do not be, do not be pulled into glamour, something that's glistening. And remember that what you're seeking is an expansion of your soul. So that really saying, does this take me to a more expanded self within me? Does this help me to become more myself? Or is this taking me away from myself? Ask for some depth. Anybody who is worthy will present themselves with some depth for you. So you say, can you explain it more to me? Can you, can you take me to a deeper level? If they can't, move on. 
And so there were two areas I just want to make sure I complete with. One is we all know that there's an influence coming in from people like the WEF wanting to bring centralized banking, wanting to bring in uh, the WHO to be more in control of people's health around the world. There are systems that are running, which appear this one world government, that they have a plan for 2030 and they're going to go in that direction, whatever. And it feels like a very new plan. That's how they present it. It's, this is our new plan, new world plan. But I want you to know that as this Pluto energy is going back into corporations, institutions, etc., societies, so a lot of the old societies, the Freemasons, etc., are being brought to the surface again. Those structures, institutions that have ruled this world, this underworld, again, not just picking out the Freemasons as such, there are many organizations that have been working under the cover. What I want you to know that what is being seen as something new and futuristic is actually very old. This is like the last throes of an organization trying to make humanity go in the direction they want them to go. And throughout history, there have always been two different forces, one who wanted humanity to become slaves, one who wanted it to become gods. And it isn't either or, it's just our choice. And so anything you're hearing that sounds new or we're heading in that direction, know that this was planned, you know, you could say millions of years ago, but let's say thousands of years ago. And as humanity is awakening, which is what's happening with all this influx from, from the galaxy, etc., those who like to think that they can control humanity are losing control. And therefore, they are becoming tighter in the way in which they try and control. So just realize they do not have power. They are only pretending they have power, like the trickster. So when you see that this is just a very old plan that still they're trying to work into existence, and say, oh, you've, I've been with you before. You tried this in the past. Didn't work then. You start to see it for what it is. On the other level is the level of those who are now spending more time, Saturn in Pisces, playing around with collective consciousness, astral world. In this astral world are all the thoughts, the beliefs, the stories, the myths, that we've ever had. It's just a minefield of energies. So if you believe you're Cleopatra, hey, it's out there somewhere. If you believe you're no good, hey, it's out there somewhere. If you believe there are devils in the air, hey, it's out there somewhere. All of it is a perception that can be brought into reality. It's a trickster energy. It's a shape-shifting energy. My concern is that those who are now wanting to offer more and more people mind-altering drugs, do not understand the world that they are opening everybody into. On one level, we're going to see a great improvement, I believe, for people who, whose world has become so small through depression or post, uh, PTSD, that yes, giving them a more mind-altering drug allows them to expand their consciousness into these other worlds. And on many levels, they reach 
themselves, they meet themselves in their higher self, they might meet loved ones, they may meet guides, but it's not all that has ever been in our minds. And I see that what's coming to the surface is an awful lot of energy that is also quite scary and is also unbalancing. And so as we open our eyes to this trickster energy, recognize that it's really important not to give our power away to anybody, not to lose our connection to this earth, not to lose connection to our daily pleasures, you know, stay connected to reality, whether it's food or walks or whatever you like doing, meeting your friends, because taking ourselves into these other levels of consciousness have to be applied against, and how does this help me now? And I am concerned about those who want to lose touch with reality and float around and the opportunities that are being offered to them at this time and that for some, they will not ever find their way back. And we're seeing that sadly in so many young people who take drugs and don't realize that this can lead to schizophrenia, paranoia, etc. So before you do anything, and, and again, I have no problem with anybody choosing any way of mind-altering experiences, which of course happen to us all during our dream state or certainly for women during their periods or for the dark moon time. We don't have to take a drug to have this experience in any way. Meditation, visual imagery, we can experience exactly the same without drugs but always enter some, that state with a pure intention. Why am I doing this? I want to expand my awareness. I want to understand myself. I want to heal myself. I want to, whatever words you want, never go in just with the glamour or with no intention. And always ask your guidance to take care of you. Let me never go into an area that I cannot find my way back. Bring yourself always to that place of steadiness inside yourself. We do not need to take mind-altering drugs to know who we are. It's in our environment, it's in our body, it's in our thoughts, it's in our dreams. Be mindful, please, of the tricksters that are out there. Some of them will appear very tempting. But remember that in the end of the day, Follow your heart. Does this come to me through love? Does this come to me from the highest and the lightest part of my being? If so, I will enter that space. If not, it's just feeding a small part of me and may actually start to bring something that it isn't what I need in my life now. There are many wonderful things in our world, many wonderful things outside our present-day consciousness. Everything is coming towards us now. Discernment is the key. Love is the way. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the Archive Podcast on Christine's channel on 
YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.